Chapter forty six of Thrilling Narratives of Mutiny, Murder, and Piracy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. Thrilling Narratives of Mutiny, Murder, and Piracy by Anonymous. Chapter forty six Naval Battles of the United States. The depredations committed on American commerce in the Mediterranean by the piratical corsairs of the Barbary powers induced Congress in 1794 to authorize the formation of a naval force for its protection. Four ships of 44 guns each and two of 36 were ordered to be built. Captain Thomas Truxton was one of the first six captains appointed by the President at the organization of the naval establishment in 1794. He was appointed to the command of the constellation of 36 guns and ordered to protect the commerce of the United States in the West Indies from the ravages of the French. On the 9th of February, 1799, he captured the French frigate Insurgente, of which 29 of the crew were killed and 44 wounded. The constellation had but one man killed and two wounded. In 1800, the Constellation engaged with the French frigate Vengeance of 54 guns near Guadalupe, but owing to the darkness of the night, the latter escaped after having thrice struck her colors and lost 160 men in the engagement. The same year, the United States frigate Boston captured the French national corvette Le Berceau. In the month of August, 1801, Captain Sterrett of the United States Schooner Enterprise, of 12 guns and 90 men, fell in off Malta with a Tripolitian cruiser of 14 guns and 85 men. In this action, the Tripolitians thrice hauled down her colors and thrice perfidiously renewed the conflict. Fifty of her men were killed and wounded. The Enterprise did not lose a man. Captain Sterrett's instructions not permitting him to make a prize of the cruiser, he ordered her crew to throw overboard all their guns and powder, and to go and tell their countrymen the treatment they might expect from a nation, determined to pay tribute only in powder and ball. On her arrival at Tripoli, so great was the terror produced, that the sailors abandoned the cruisers then fitting out, and not a man could be procured to navigate them. The Tripolitian cruisers, continuing to harass the vessels of the United States, Congress determined in 1803 to fit out a fleet that should chastise their insolence. The squadron consisted of the Constitution, 44 guns, the Philadelphia, 44, the Argus, 18, the Siren, 16, the Nautilus, 16, the Vixen, 17, and the Enterprise, 14. Commodore Preble was appointed to the command of this squadron in May 1803, and on the 13th of August sailed in the Constitution for the Mediterranean. Having adjusted the difficulties which had sprung up with the Emperor of Morocco, he turned his whole attention to Tripoli. The season was, however, too far advanced for active operations. On the 31st of October, the Philadelphia, being at nine o'clock in the morning about five leagues to the westward of Tripoli, discovered a sail in shore, standing before the wind to the eastward. The Philadelphia immediately gave chase. The sail hoisted Tripolitian colors and continued her course near the shore. The Philadelphia opened a fire upon her and continued it till half-past eleven, when, being in seven fathoms water and finding her fire could not prevent the vessel entering Tripoli, she gave up the pursuit. In beating off, she ran on a rock, not laid down in any chart, distant four and a half miles from the town. A boat was immediately lowered to sound, 
the greatest depth of water was found to be astern in order to back her off all sails were laid back the top gallant sails loosened three anchors thrown away from the bows the water in the hold started and all the guns thrown overboard excepting a few abaft to defend the ship against the attacks of the tripolitan gunboats then firing at her all this however proved ineffectual as did also the attempt to lighten her forward by cutting away her foremast the philadelphia had already withstood the attack of the numerous gunboats for four hours when a large reinforcement coming out of tripoli and being herself deprived of every means of resistance and defence she was forced to strike about sunset the tripolitans immediately took possession of her and made prisoners of the officers and men in number three hundred forty-eight hours afterwards the wind blowing in shore the tripolitans got the frigate off and towed her into the harbour on the fourteenth of december commodore preble sailed from malta in company with the enterprise commanded by lieutenant stephen decatur when the latter was informed of the loss of the philadelphia he immediately formed a plan of recapturing and destroying her which he proposed to commodore preble at first the commodore thought the projected enterprise too hazardous but at length granted his consent lieutenant decatur then selected for the enterprise the ketch intrepid lately captured by him this vessel he manned with seventy volunteers chiefly of his own crew and on the third of february sailed from syracuse accompanied by the brig siren lieutenant stewart after a tempestuous passage of fifteen days the two vessels arrived off the harbor of tripoli towards the close of the day it was determined that at ten o'clock in the evening the intrepid should enter the harbor accompanied by the boats of the siren but a change of wind had separated the two vessels six or eight miles as delay might prove fatal lieutenant decatur entered the harbor alone about eight o'clock the philadelphia lay within half gunshot of the bashaw's castle and principal battery on her starboard quarter lay two tripolitan cruisers within two cables length and on the starboard bow a number of gunboats within half gunshot all her guns were mounted and loaded three hours were in consequence of the lightness of the wind consumed in passing three miles when being within two hundred yards of the philadelphia they were hailed from her and ordered to anchor on peril of being fired into the pilot on board the intrepid was ordered to reply that all their anchors were lost the americans had advanced within fifty yards of the frigate when the wind died away into a calm lieutenant decatur ordered a rope to be taken out and fastened to the fore chains of the frigate which was done and the intrepid warped alongside it was not till then the tripolitans suspected them to be an enemy and their confusion in consequence was great as soon as the vessels were sufficiently near lieutenant decatur sprang on board the frigate and was followed by midshipman morris it was a minute before the remainder of the crew succeeded in mounting after them but the turks crowded together on the quarter-deck were in too great consternation to take advantage of this delay as soon as a sufficient number of americans gained the deck they rushed upon the tripolitans who were soon overpowered and about twenty of them were killed after taking possession of the ship a firing commenced from the tripolitan batteries and castle and from two cruisers near the ship a number of launches were also seen rowing about in the harbor whereupon lieutenant decatur resolved to remain in the frigate for there he would be enabled to make the best defense but perceiving that the launches kept at a distance he ordered the frigate to be set on fire which was immediately done and so effectually that with difficulty was the intrepid preserved a favorable breeze at this moment sprung up which soon carried them out of the harbor none of the americans were killed and only four wounded for this heroic achievement lieutenant decatur was promoted to the rank of post captain his commission was dated on the day he destroyed the philadelphia 
after the destruction of the philadelphia frigate commodore preble was during the spring and early part of the summer employed in keeping up the blockade of the harbor of tripoli in preparing for an attack upon the town and in cruising a prize that had been taken was put in commission and called the scourge a loan of six gunboats and two bomb vessels completely fitted for service was obtained from the king of naples permission was also given to take twelve or fifteen neapolitans on board each boat to serve under the american flag with this addition to his force the commodore on the twenty first of july joined the vessels off tripoli the number of men engaged in service amounted to one thousand and sixty on the tripolitian castle and batteries one hundred and fifteen guns were mounted fifty-five of which were pieces of heavy ordnance the others long eighteen and twelve pounders in the harbor were nineteen gunboats carrying each a long brass eighteen or twenty-four pounder in the bow and two howitzers abaft also two schooners of eight guns each a brig of ten and two galleys of four guns each in addition to the ordinary turkish garrison and the crews of the armed vessels estimated at three thousand upwards of twenty thousand arabs had been assembled for the defense of the city the weather prevented the squadron from approaching the city until the twenty-eighth when it anchored within two miles and a half of the fortifications but the wind suddenly shifting and increasing to a gale the commodore was compelled to return on the third of august he again approached to within two or three miles of the batteries having observed that several of the enemy's boats were stationed without the reef of rocks covering the entrance he made signal for the squadron to come within speaking distance to communicate to the several commanders his intention of attacking the shipping and batteries the gunboats and bomb catches were immediately manned and prepared for action the former were arranged in two divisions of three each at half-past one the squadron stood in for the batteries at two the gunboats were cast off at half-past two the signal was made for the bomb catches and gunboats to advance and attack at three-quarters past two the signal was given for a general action it commenced by the bomb catches throwing shells into the town a tremendous fire immediately commenced from the enemy's batteries and vessels of at least two hundred guns it was immediately returned by the american squadron now within musket shot of the principal batteries at this moment captain decatur with the three gunboats under his command attacked the enemy's eastern division consisting of nine gunboats he was soon in the midst of them the fire of the cannon and musketry was immediately changed to a desperate attack with bayonet spear and saber captain decatur having grappled a tripolitian boat and boarded her with only fifteen americans in ten minutes her decks were cleared and she was captured three americans were wounded at this moment captain decatur was informed that the gunboat commanded by his brother had engaged and captured a boat belonging to the enemy but that his brother as he stepped on board was treacherously shot by the tripolitian commander who made off with his boat captain decatur immediately pursued the murderer who was retreating within the lines having succeeded in coming alongside he boarded with only eleven men a doubtful contest of twenty minutes ensued decatur immediately attacked the tripolitian commander who was armed with a spear and cutlass in parrying the turk's spear decatur broke his sword close to the hilt and received a slight wound in the right arm and breast but having seized the spear he closed and after a violent struggle both fell decatur uppermost the turk then drew a dagger from his belt but decatur caught his arm drew a pistol from his pocket and shot him while they were struggling the crew of both vessels rushed to the assistance of their commanders and so desperate had the contest around them been that it was with difficulty that decatur extricated himself from the killed and wounded that had fallen around him in this affair an american manifested the most heroic courage and attachment to his commander decatur in the struggle was attacked in the rear by a tripolitian who had aimed a blow at his head which must have proved fatal 
had not this generous-minded tar then dangerously wounded and deprived of the use of both of his hands rushed between him and the sabre the stroke of which he received in his head whereby the skull was fractured this hero however survived and afterwards received a pension from his grateful country all the americans but four were wounded captain decatur brought both of his prizes safe to the american squadron two successive attacks were afterwards made upon tripoli and the batteries effectually silenced the humiliation of this barbarous power was of advantage to all nations the pope made a public declaration that the united states though in their infancy had in this affair done more to humble the anti-christian barbarians on that coast than all the european states had done for a long series of time sir alexander ball a distinguished commander in the british navy addressed his congratulations to commodore preble after the junction of the two squadrons commodore preble obtained leave to return home this he did with the greater pleasure as it would give the command of a frigate to captain decatur on his return to the united states he was received and treated everywhere with that distinguished attention which he had so fully merited congress voted him their thanks and requested the president to present him with an emblematical medal our limits will only allow us to glance briefly at a few of the remaining victories of the american navy a formal declaration of war against great britain was passed by congress on the eighteenth of june eighteen twelve on the nineteenth of august the memorable capture of the british frigate guerre by the constitution under captain hull took place on the nineteenth of october the british sloop of war frolic was taken by the wasp commanded by captain jacob jones before the latter could escape however with her prize being in a very disabled state she was captured by the british seventy-four poitiers on the twenty fifth of october the united states under commodore decanter fell in with and captured off the western isles the british frigate macedonian mounting forty-nine guns and carrying three hundred and six men the macedonian had one hundred and six men killed and wounded the united states five killed and seven wounded the victory of the constitution over the java followed next and was succeeded by that of the hornet commanded by captain lawrence over the peacock the loss of this brave officer in the subsequent engagement between the chesapeake and shannon was generally lamented by his countrymen on the first of september eighteen thirteen the british brig boxer of fourteen guns was captured by the united states brig enterprise commanded by lieutenant william burroughs who fell in the engagement we must close our notice of american naval history by a brief sketch of some of the most interesting cruises and engagements cruise of the wasp on the first of may eighteen fourteen the united states sloop of war wasp of eighteen guns and one hundred and seventy-four men captain blakely commander sailed from portsmouth new hampshire on a cruise and on the twenty eighth of june in latitude forty eight degrees thirty six minutes longitude eleven degrees fifteen minutes after having made several captures she fell in with engaged and after an action of nineteen minutes captured his britannic majesty's sloop of war reindeer william manners esq commander the reindeer mounted sixteen twenty-four pound carronades two long six or nine pounders and a shifting twelve pound carronade with a complement on board of one hundred and eighteen men she was literally cut to pieces in a line with her ports her upper works boats and spare spars were one complete wreck and a breeze springing up the next day after the action her foremast went by the board when the prisoners having been taken on board the wasp she was set on fire and soon blew up the loss on board the reindeer was twenty-three killed and forty-two wounded her captain being among the former on board the wasp five were killed and twenty-one wounded more than one-half of the wounded enemy were 
in consequence of the severity and extent of their wounds, put on board a Portuguese brig and sent to England. The loss of the Americans, although not so severe as that of the British, was owing, in degree, to the proximity of the two vessels during the action and the extreme smoothness of the sea, but chiefly in repelling borders. On the 8th of July the Wasp put in to Laurent, France, after capturing an additional number of prizes, where she remained until the 27th of August, when she again sailed on a cruise. On the 1st of September she fell in with the British sloop of war Avon of twenty guns, commanded by Captain Abuthnot, and after an action of forty-five minutes, compelled her to surrender, her crew being nearly all killed and wounded. The guns were then ordered to be secured, and a boat lowered from the Wasp in order to take possession of the prize. In the act of lowering the boat, a second enemy's vessel was discovered astern and standing towards the Wasp. Captain Blakely immediately ordered his crew to their quarters, prepared everything for action, and awaited her coming up. In a few minutes after, two additional sails were discovered bearing down upon the Wasp. Captain Blakely stood off with the expectation of drawing the first from its companions, but in this he was disappointed. She continued to approach until she came close to the stern of the Wasp, when she hauled by the wind, fired her broadside, which injured the Wasp but trifling, and retraced her steps to join her consorts. Captain Blakely was now necessitated to abandon the Avon, which had by this time become a total wreck, and which soon after sunk, the surviving part of her crew having barely time to escape to the other vessels. On board of the Avon, forty were killed and sixty wounded. The loss sustained by the Wasp was two killed and one wounded. The Wasp afterwards continued her cruise, making great havoc among the English merchant vessels and privateers, destroying an immense amount of the enemy's property. From the 1st of May until the 20th of September, she had captured 15 vessels, most of which she destroyed. Hornet and Penguin On the 23rd of March, 1815, as the Hornet, commanded by Captain Biddle, was about to anchor off the north end of the island of Tristan da Cunha, a sail was seen to the southward, which, at forty minutes past one, hoisted English colors and fired a gun. The Hornet immediately luffed to, hoisted an ensign, and gave the enemy a broadside. A quick and well-directed fire was kept up from the Hornet, the enemy gradually drifting nearer, with an intention, as Captain Biddle supposed, to board. The enemy's bowsprit came in between the main and mizzen rigging on the starboard side of the Hornet, giving him an opportunity to board, if he had wished, but no attempt was made. There was a considerable swell, and as the sea lifted the Hornet ahead, the enemy's bowsprit carried away her mizzen shrouds, stern davits, and spanker boom, and hung upon her larboard quarter. At this moment an officer called out that they had surrendered. Captain Biddle directed the Marines to stop firing and, while asking if they had surrendered, received a wound in the neck. The enemy just then got clear of the Hornet and his foremast and bowsprit both being gone, and perceiving preparations to give him another broadside, he again called out that he had surrendered. It was with great difficulty that Captain Biddle could restrain his crew from firing into him again, as it was certain that he had fired into the Hornet after having surrendered. From the firing of the first gun to the last time the enemy cried out that he had surrendered was exactly twenty-two minutes. The vessel proved to be the British brig Penguin of twenty guns, a remarkable fine vessel of her class, and one hundred and thirty-two men, twelve of them supernumeraries from the Medway seventy-four, received on board in consequence of their being ordered to cruise for the privateer Young Wasp. The Penguin had fourteen killed and twenty-eight wounded. Among the killed was Captain Dickinson, who fell at the close of the action. 
as she was completely riddled and so crippled as to be incapable of being secured and being at a great distance from the united states captain biddle ordered her to be scuttled and sunk the hornet did not receive a single round shot in her hull and though much cut in her sails and rigging was soon made ready for further service her loss was one killed and eleven wounded algerine war immediately after the ratification of peace with great britain in february eighteen fifteen congress in consequence of the hostile conduct of the regency of algiers declared war against that power a squadron was immediately fitted out under the command of commodore decatur consisting of the guerre constellation and macedonian frigates the ontarier and epervier sloops of war and the schooners spark spitfire torch and flambeau another squadron under commodore bainbridge was soon to follow this armament on the arrival of which it was understood commodore decatur would return to the united states in a single vessel leaving the command of the whole combined force to commodore bainbridge the force under commodore decatur rendezvoused at new york from which port they sailed the twentieth of may eighteen fifteen and arrived in the bay of gibraltar in twenty-five days after having previously communicated with cadiz and tangier in the passage the spitfire torch firefly and ontario separated different times from the squadron in gales but all joined again at gibraltar with the exception of the firefly which sprung her masts and put back to new york to refit having learned at gibraltar that the algerine squadron which had been out into the atlantic had undoubtedly passed up the straits and that information of the arrival of the american force had been sent to algiers by persons in gibraltar commodore decatur determined to proceed without delay up the mediterranean in the hope of intercepting the enemy before he could return to algiers or gain a neutral port on the seventeenth of june off cape de Gat, he fell in with and captured the algerine frigate mazuda in a running fight of twenty-five minutes after two broadsides the algerine ran below the guerre had four men wounded by musketry the algerines had about thirty killed according to the statement of the prisoners who amounted to four hundred and six in this affair the famous algerine admiral or rice hamida who had long been the terror of this sea was cut into by a cannon shot on the nineteenth day of june off cape palos the squadron fell in with and captured an algerine brig of twenty-two guns the brig was chased close to the shore where she was followed by the epervier spark torch and spitfire to whom she surrendered after losing twenty-three men no americans were either killed or wounded the captured brig with most of the prisoners on board was sent into carthagena from cape palos the american squadron proceeded to algiers where it arrived the twenty eighth of june the treaty which commodore decatur finally succeeded in negotiating with the day was highly favorable the principal articles were that no tribute under any pretext or in any form whatever should ever be required by algiers from the united states of america that all americans in slavery should be given up without ransom that compensation should be made for american vessels captured or property seized or detained at algiers that the persons and property of american citizens found on board an enemy's vessel should be sacred that vessels of either party putting into port should be supplied with provisions at market price and if necessary to be repaired should land their cargoes without paying duty that if a vessel belonging to either party should be cast on shore she should not be given up to plunder or if attacked by an enemy within cannon shot of a fort should be protected and no enemy be permitted to follow her when she went to sea within twenty-four hours 
in general the rights of americans on the ocean and land were fully provided for in every instance and it was particularly stipulated that all citizens of the united states taken in war should be treated as prisoners of war are treated by other nations and not as slaves but held subject to an exchange without ransom after concluding this treaty so highly honorable and advantageous to this country the commissioners gave up the captured frigate and brig to their former owners commodore decatur dispatched captain lewis in the epervier bearing the treaty to the united states and leaving mr shaler at algiers as consul general to the barbary states proceeded with the rest of the squadron to tunis with the exception of two schooners under captain gamble sent to convoy the algerine vessels home from cartagena having obtained from the bashaw of tunis a full restoration in money for certain outrages which had been sustained by american citizens the squadron proceeded to tripoli where commodore decatur made a similar demand for a similar violation of the treaty subsisting between the united states and the bashaw who had permitted two american vessels to be taken from under the guns of his castle by a british sloop of war and refused protection to an american cruiser lying within his jurisdiction restitution of the full value of these vessels was demanded and the money amounting to twenty five thousand dollars paid by the bashaw into the hands of the american consul after the conclusion of this affair the american consular flag which mr jones the consul had struck in consequence of the violation of neutrality above mentioned was hoisted in the presence of the foreign agents and saluted from the castle with thirty-one guns in addition to the satisfaction thus obtained for unprovoked aggressions the commodore had the pleasure of obtaining the release of ten captives two danes and eight neapolitans the latter of whom he landed at messina after touching at messina and naples the squadron sailed for carthagena on the thirty first of august where commodore decatur was in expectation of meeting the relief squadron under commodore bainbridge on joining that officer at gibraltar he relinquished his command and sailed in the guerre for the united states where he arrived on the twelfth of november eighteen fifteen everything being done previous to the arrival of the second division of the squadron under commodore bainbridge that gallant officer had no opportunity of distinguishing himself pursuant to his instructions he exhibited this additional force before algiers tunis and tripoli where they were somewhat surprised at the appearance of the independence seventy four commodore bainbridge sailed from gibraltar thirty-six hours before the guerre and arrived at boston the fifteenth of november end of chapter forty six